What is up, Familia? Dayspring here with an episode of Power of X-Men, an emergency Power of X-Men episode, because Rob Liefeld said on a recent episode of his podcast, Robservations, and it's called From Jim Lee to Plan B. He talked about how in the spring of 2023, Jim Lee was approached by Marvel to return to the X-Books in the post-Krakoan age. Ah! It was major news. I did see that the episode had dropped from Jim Lee to Plan B, but I was like, okay, I'll just listen to it tomorrow morning on my jog because I am a big Rob Liefeld stan. I enjoyed his work on X-Force. Sabotage is probably one of my favorite X-Force X-Men stories out there. I enjoy the podcast quite a bit, I think, regardless if you agree with Rob or not. He does give a look at the comic book industry from a certain angle. And here at Power of X-Men, we really do pride ourselves in listening to all forms of the conversation and, and sort of inhale a spectrum of people's feels and perspectives on certain issues as it pertains to the X-Men by Anyways, so I got the notification that an episode of Observations had dropped. His last episode was actually just a couple of days before. I still haven't listened to that one either. But he had a season finale back in November. And now he is back with another season of his podcast. And so I got the notification dropped and it was a Jim Lee title. And I was like, okay, I'll listen to this. I, I'm curious because obviously him and Jim Lee, they went off and they founded Image Comics. So I wanted to listen to it. And then I was sort of just sitting on the sofa watching The Last Voyage of the Dimitri, which is that Dracula movie with my husband. And I got a text message from Ralph, a.k.a. No More Mutants. And he was here like, did you see this headline? And he sent me a link to, I believe it was comic book resources or comicbook.com. Let me see really quickly here. I like getting things accurate here. It was comicbook.com. And the title was Marvel Comics reportedly recruited Jim Lee to take over the X-Men. And, you know, I clicked on the link and I read the article and I was like, oh, shit, this isn't the recent episode of Observations. And I'm so angry because I saw I saw the episode come in. And I was like, nah, I'll just listen to it. You know what I mean? Like, I like Rob's podcast. Again, I like it quite a bit, but it isn't a, a podcast that I would say that there's so much tea being dropped or so many bombshells that are being dropped that we have to sort of drop what we are doing to cover cover it and now i'm like man rob is not playing around so i screenshotted the the article that ralph no more mutants had sent me i posted it on the instagram page i said whoa i did a poll would you want to see jim lee come back to the x-men and then i did another poll which era do you prefer jim lee or the kirkon age and and we can talk about those poll results later on in this episode I'm going to give it some time to to get some some more votes in, but we'll talk about it. But anyways, I, I got a, a plethora of DMs coming back at me saying, oh, Rob is just a liar. Rob Liefeld is lying. And I was like, okay, I, I think Rob is a very energetic, in-your-face individual, but I don't think he is a liar, nor do I think he would lie about something as huge 
as saying that Jim Lee was approached to return to the Xbox following the Krakoan age. That just seems like it could be lawsuit territory. That seems it's something that Jim Lee and Marvel could easily deny. And, and by the way, maybe they would deny it, but I don't believe that he wasn't given this information that he doesn't have insider information. So, you know, the main thing that I got back was, oh, but he's at DC and he has a contract. And, and Rob does mention that in this episode. He tackles that straight on. And I was like, okay, this is obviously a topic that so many people had a reaction to and have thoughts on. It's Rob Liefeld saying that Jim Lee was supposed to return post-Krakoan age. So I figured, all right, I read the article on comicbook.com that is secondhand let me listen to the actual episode itself so i waited for the last voice of the dimitri to end my husband loved it i could care less. i could have cared less about it my husband actually thought it was a very scary movie so according to him it's a great movie i'm sort of indifferent to it i'm like nothing scares me anymore you know what scares me life at 40 that's a true horror movie so you know i we we finished the movie i was like okay let me go exfoliate run a bath <laughs> this is what i do on friday nights um exfoliate with my goop gwyneth paltrow products and let me listen to this episode and sort of answer dms and i started listening to the episode and i was like oh i should take a couple of notes here because he does get into the knit and grit of it but for those of you who don't listen to observations and just tune into power of x-men and and want to hear my feels and my my reporting on this. Thank you so much. I do encourage you to always go to the source. So in this case, go listen to Rob observations, even if you find Rob Liefeld kind of contentious when it comes to certain issues, I do like educating myself and I like to see the raw source talk about what, what is being reported on. So I listen to it. I'm being objective here. Again, I am putting it up front that I, I know Rob is a contentious figure in the comic book community. I happen to like him very much. However, I am not, I am just reporting on what he said and I'm being objective with what he said. And then I'll sort of give my feels at the end and, and sort of weigh in on my opinion, like an op-ed. So we'll be, we'll be Reuters first and then we'll do an op-ed afterwards. <laughs> I'm very, you know, I'm very meticulous about being objective in reporting stuff because I was a journalism major my first two years of college. I ended up being an English writing major when I graduated. But I also really do believe in just objectively reporting things. And then, you know, when I graduated college, I worked at The Advocate and I wrote for Out Magazine, Huffington Post, and other places. So objectivity for me is always key so again we're going to talk about what rob said here this is just what rob said whether you believe him or not that's another story take it into his tms or we can talk about it i don't i don't mind talking about it but i am not saying he is right i'm not saying he is wrong i am just reporting on what rob is saying and i want to get into it because it is really interesting stuff at the very least all right so rob is talking about that he is connected within the entertainment industry and he he said this in this episode and i didn't know it do you guys remember tori scott from saved by the bell 
for those of you who are too young and don't know what Saved by the Bell is, it was a very popular show for some of us, and it starred Mark, Mark Paul Gosler and Tiffany Amber Thiessen. I think she's just Tiffany Thiessen now, and Elizabeth Berkeley and Mario Lopez. So he's apparently related to the actress who played Tori Scott. It's his wife's sister, so it's his sister-in-law, and I love that. So anyways, he's talking about how he's well-connected in the industry. You know, he's lived in California for a while now. He has contacts, he knows agents, and he knows producers. So multiple people kind of came to him. He said that he has about 10 people who can vouch his story. They came to him and they said that, you know, Jim Lee has been at DC Comics for over 20 years. He is a DC guy. He hasn't really drawn the X-Men. He doesn't do interiors anymore. He hasn't done interiors since 2016. And one of the things that Jim is looking at is a life outside of DC. He's kind of like plotting his next moves, you know, maybe within the next couple of years. I think Rob said about two years. And apparently, in the during the pandemic, and I vaguely remember this during the pandemic, you know, DC had a lot of massive layoffs and a lot of junior editors got promoted to senior editors and, you know, they 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 sort of had a restructuring. And it was in that moment that I guess Jim Lee renegotiated his contract. I don't know. He, Rob didn't really piece that part of the pandemic layoffs and, and Jim Lee's negotiations. But Jim Lee negotiated his contract, and I guess now it's up for renegotiations. And and, and regardless, there is an opening in that contract. And, and Marvel knew this, so they saw a chance to approach Jim Lee and, and put together a deal to have him return to the Xbox. Now, the reason why the deal fell through was because Jim Lee didn't want to dedicate time to drawing the interiors. And Rob goes on to say about how he knows Jim's drawing schedule, which it would start at midnight, and then he would be done at 6 a.m. He'd sleep, go into the office, and start the cycle all over again. Apparently, when, when Jim Lee used to do interiors, that was that was his schedule. Rob goes on to say that, you know, Jim Lee has a very young family and dedicating yourself to the X-Men books in the way that Marvel wanted him to dedicate would just be very time consuming and it would take up a lot of, of his time and he really wouldn't be there for his family. And Rob talks about how, you know, when he's doing interiors, he's missing out on, on wonderful summer days and, and, and basketball games. And that was one of the things when he took a break, when Rob took a break from drawing comics, he was able to go to all those basketball games and be present. So, the reason why Jim Lee did not take that deal was because that he just didn't want to dedicate himself to those interiors. And, and that really is truly the gist of, of the story. I, it, it's an hour-long episode, so, you know, Rob talks a lot, and, and it's really interesting and engaging. And again, he's not for everyone, but if you listen to the episode... He, he, he talks a lot about the industry. He goes off to talk about his son, who's also an actor, who's, by the way, who's starring in Which Brings Me to You with Lucy Hale. Which Brings Me to You is written by Juliana Baggett. And Juliana Baggett was actually my writing mentor when I was at Florida State University back in like 2005. So a little fun fact there. But anyways, so that's Basically, the gist of it, Jim Lee was approached by Marvel. They put together a very sweet deal for him because there was an opening in his DC contract. What does opening in, in the contract mean? Take that however you want. I don't know. But there was an opening in his contract, and Marvel approached him with a deal, and Jim Lee ultimately refused. Now, that is 
what Rob said. Here are my thoughts on it. And these are just my thoughts. One, I could totally believe that Marvel approached Jim Lee if, in fact, there was a hole or an opening in his DC contract and Jim is renegotiating his DC contract right now. Yeah, it's an industry. I'm sure people talk and Marvel got wind of this and they came to Jim Lee to have that discussion. I worked in book publishing for 15 years. I'm an auctioneer now. Everyone in their industry talks. You know, I, I know other auctioneers who got a gig that I auditioned for. And similarly, I've heard that other auctioneers have talked about gigs I've gotten. Same thing in book publishing. When we were all reading a manuscript, we would, you know, go to auction with 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 agents and we would know who's coming in with bids and stuff like that, or who really wanted this manuscript and 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 who passed on it. So People really do talk within these industries. So I can believe that if Jim Lee had an opening in this contract, someone at Marvel heard about this, they, they, they saw their opportunity to shoot their shot, and they approached Jim Lee. Now, why would they approach Jim Lee post-Krakoan era? They need that hype, right, for the X-Books. Deadpool 3 is coming out this summer. X-Men 97 is presumably coming out in the spring. And you want to get people hyped for the comics again. How do you top the hype that was going into the Krakoan age with Jonathan Hickman and Pepe Larraz? I mean, there was so much hype for House of X and Powers of 10 in 2019. How do you replicate that sort of momentum? You bring back Jim Lee, of course. You say, hey, you're getting Deadpool 3 with Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman. You're getting X-Men 97, which is emblematic of 90s X-Men. And to boot, in the comic books, we're going to give you Jim Lee. I mean, for me, that is a slam dunk marketing plan in order to revive the X-Men franchise. <laughs> so I can to totally believe that that sort of is, that it would have been Marvel's approach. Now, other, other things we do know is that Greg Capullo is going to be drawing Wolverine, and he hasn't been on the X-Books for a couple decades. How do we know that Greg Capullo is coming back to the X-Men? Well, he did tweet on social media <laughs> that he was working on a Marvel project, but he couldn't say what, and on the top corner it said Wolverine. So we know Greg is coming back to the X-Books, and it makes sense that Marvel would be approaching these legacy creators. Rob talks about how, and, and this is something that's being talked about, not just by Rob, but in other comic book podcasts and, and, and other people on YouTube who are commenting on the state of the comic book industry. But specifically pertaining to just Rob's episode, he was talking about how these comic book stores are really being supported by 40-year-olds and their credit cards, and they're very nostalgic for the Jim Lee era. You know, I, that is perfectly who I am because I am a 40-something-year-old with a credit card, and I go to comic book stores. And again, I've talked about how much I love the Krakoan era. I think the Krakoan era has revived the X-Men IP and seriously brought in so many new readers, but it hasn't stuck the landing. And and me, who has been a fan for three decades, have kind of like shy away from the weeklies. I've been a Wednesday warrior since Morrison's new X-Men. I talk about this all the time. I started reading X-Men when I was in fourth grade. I was collecting the Fleer Ultra cards. I started reading that Rogue miniseries with the Terry Dotson cover. 
started really collecting the books during the onslaught era up to around zero tolerance. And then I sort of backed out for a little bit. And then I came back midway through Morrison's run. And I believe it was right at Xavier's when I started catching wind that something really special was happening in the X books. And I was like, okay, I'll check this out. And from 2000 and what was it 2003 2002 from 2003 onward so for over 20 years i have been a wednesday warrior i sort of have taken a seat back and i only read the important stuff as they're being published it, it regardless if you think the krakon era is better or not there are some people who have just stepped away from it a large amount and we talked about that on this podcast but anyways rob was talking about how there's a lot of kids going into comic book stores they are aware of comic book stores but they're only going in to buy manga and that's a huge conversation point that we won't get into in this in 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 this episode but a lot of people are talking about the state of the comic book industry is not as good as compared to all the kids reading manga right now we've talked about this i a very another very contentious figure mark miller we don't have to dwell on it but i have listened to mark miller's podcast and show and he had a group of retailers on there, and they talk about how one thing that's keeping comic book you know, stores afloat are pops. And that pops come in, the whole cases are the whole palette, and people just buy them up, and, and that's really good for, for comic book stores, and that's what's keeping them afloat right now. So I can believe that Marvel wanting to help retailers, wanting to make sure that these Wednesday Warriors who have kind of like left, who are in their 40s, who have those credit cards... How do you get them back? You bring back Jim Lee into the Xbox. Now, Rob does say that he thinks it's only a matter of time before Jim Lee will return to the Xbox because, and he really does cite that it's because of his family. His family, he has a young family, he wants to be present there. But once that sort of kids grow up and they go off, that he will probably return to the Xbox. And that apparently that these talks with Jim Lee have been happening since last spring, and that was all the buzz behind the scenes at San Diego Comic-Con this last year with creators. Apparently, everyone in the comic book industry was sort of like talking about Jim Lee coming back, and that was sort of like the behind-the-scenes buzz that was going on um, since before San Diego. I believe it's since before San Diego. I pride myself on getting tea and getting some insider info here at Power of X-Men. This is the first time I've ever heard of it. So however you want to take this news, however you want to interpret it, it's up to you. But this is what Rob is saying over on his podcast. And I, again, I, I think his podcast is really interesting. It's always fascinating to see a comic book professional sort of break down the break down everything that goes on in the industry and make it digestible for those of us who are on the sidelines. But anyways, Familia, that's that's a tea regarding Jim Lee and what could have been his return to the X books. Would you have wanted to have seen Jim Lee come back post Krakon Age? I'll tell you something. Yes, I 100% would have loved to have seen Jim Lee return to the X books. Again, it boiled down to him not having the time to do the interiors and Rob said this on his podcast. I don't know if it's true or not. So don't come at me because I didn't have time to fact check this. But that Jim Lee hasn't done interiors for a while now. He does covers, but he hasn't done interiors since like 2016. And, you know, the only last major interior work I can think of that I read that Jim Lee did was 
All-Star Batman, <laughs> which that has been a minute. All-Star has been a minute, but that's the last time I sort of remember Jim Lee doing interiors. But all right, so let's take a look at the poll on Power of X-Men. Let's see where we're at here. I asked a couple questions. I asked, the first question I asked was, would you like to have seen Jim Lee return post Krakoan era? And out of 242 votes, 73% yes, 20% said no, and only 7% didn't care. So that's pretty big. People want to see Jim Lee come back. The next question I asked was, which era do you prefer? The Jim Lee era or the Krakoan era? And again, well, a little less votes here. It's 222 votes. And 60% said Jim Lee with 40% saying Krakoa. People do want to see Jim Lee back in the in the comics. I think people would be really excited to see him there. We do have a post right now on Power of X-Men. So once this poll evaporates, you can just go to the feed. But on the feed, we do have a post that says, which era do you prefer, Jim Lee or the Krakoan era? And we have a lot of responses in. Let me see. I'm going to read some of them here. Someone says, Krakoan era for sure is showed what mutants are really capable of if they are not nerfed for the sake of the story. Like it showed that the mutants' powers are innate and almost unlimited and they should not be losing to non-mutants. Another person says, I loved Lee. I don't think anyone had matched him yet in the portrayal of X-Men. Someone else says, both, which I agree, did both very different reasons for very different reasons. Do we love the Krakoan era and, and versus the Jim Lee? So, you know, we do love both, but because we are doing social media engagement, we are asking which one do you prefer? But I love the response of both. But someone else says, uh, definitely the Krakoan age, just seeing the way the status quo has changed some of the mutants and friendships. And Someone else replies here. This looks like it may be a mean comment. So give me, and it's mean. I'm sorry, I don't mean it. Um, someone said, Do people think Krakoa was a bigger shakeup than post mutant massacre, outbag, and siege paralysis years? Ooh, that's a good question that you pose there. Another person says, Krakoa, because the storytelling was more varied and fleshed out, they gave a lot of minor characters more abilities to tell their side and not feel rushed. Want proof? Look no further than Legion or Apocalypse. I, I do agree that Apocalypse in particular did get quite a story bump, but I don't know if it's my preferred you know story for Apocalypse. But then we have here, one, two, three, three people in a row that said just Jim Lee. They prefer Jim Lee. Someone else said Jim Lee era, enough said. Jim Lee, 100%. Jim Lee and Claremont, 100%. Someone else says Krakoan story is fire emoji, but I can't sleep on that Jim Lee story arc either. They are both great. And then someone says Jim Lee forever. So lots of mixed feelings. I think we can all agree that we love both the Krakoan era and the Jim Lee era, and that we would have liked to have seen Jim Lee come back. But anyways, Familia... Drop your feels below. I'm going to run this on YouTube as well, maybe with an image over it because my face is all red from exfoliating. But drop your feelings in the comments below. Slide into our DMs on Power of X-Men and let us know your feelings. And, you know, I think I can say this. Um, you know, if you're listening to this emergency drop of Power of X-Men, I, I can tell you that we have a guest coming on Monday. And, you know, every time I say we're talking to a guest, 
or that we schedule guests. Something always happens. It always happens. But we do have Kathy Garver, who is the voice of Firestar. We are scheduled to speak with her on Monday, and we're really excited for that. So if you have any questions for her, please send them on DMs. We have an interview right now with Jason Liu that Scott Free did, and we talk all about the Century, Multiple Man, and the Fantastic Four. But anyways, Familia, we will catch you guys later.